Hello, it's me, Peter. Today, I'm talking to you about cricket. Specifically, I'm going to be talking to you today about the test matches taking place between the West Indies and England. The first of those tests finishing on Saturday evening where England were able to not lose for what felt like the first time in eternity. Let's forget about Sydney. But England managed to secure a draw against the West Indies after making 300 twice. I know, we'll get onto that miracle as well. And the West Indies were able to see out the final day of five. So we had that game in Antigua, but also on Wednesday, right round the corner, we have the second test starting again. I'm going to look through that England team and the West Indies team, and I'm going to see where we have some strengths and some needs further improvement. Starting with Alex Lees, who is probably in that category of needs further improvement, but but I feel like I'm saying that to a sad little puppy because Alex Lees was on his test debut, let's not forget, his first opportunity to tour around with England, the senior team anyway, and considering that he was opening after the disaster that was, was the last few uh, openers for England, Rory Burns and Hasip Hamid, basically not been able to put a single run together at all during the Ashes. His scores of four and six, though, are less than be, to be desired. And in that first innings, well, I won't lie, I think we all thought as England fans that the, the same thing was happening. Groundhog Day had returned when Joe Root was stepping out early at number three this time. And then when he got out, um, we ended up at what? Something like 40 for four, whatever it was. <sighs> yeah. I think a lot of England fans were predicting that it was going to be another tough, long series. But we had Johnny Bairstow to thank and some able support from the Oaks brothers, as I'm going to call them. We'll get onto those in a bit. So Alex Lees, he did okay. He needs to be hoping that he can get some runs in that next test match. Zach Crawley, on the other hand, after a slow start in the first innings, has shown why there is so much talk around him, potentially been able to open England for England for quite some time. The 121 that he scored in the second innings helped to not only make, allow England to pass the West Indies total, but then also to set a really demanding challenge for them in their final innings. So Zach Crawley had a fantastic test match. Joe Root, another 100. I wish that I could just do anything in my life as well as Joe Root can bat sometimes. He is an outstanding uh, specimen of top quality batsman. He still is the world's best, in my opinion. Forget Marnus. He still is the world's best at the, man at the moment. He's 13, though. His leave of the ball in the first innings made him look a bit silly, but he made up for it in the second innings by batting so beautifully with Zach Crawley. And I think what I liked about their second innings partnership is that after setting a total and after recognising that there was time to kick on, both of them did that really well. Um, in particular, Dan Lawrence in the second innings did that, did that really, really well. Uh, his 20 in the first innings was someone that was showing a bit of promise. And he probably would be disappointed himself wafting at a ball outside off. But that, 30 second, that 37 in the second innings was exactly what England needed to maintain some, and then build on the momentum to then go and set a challenging total for the West Indies on that final day. Ben Stokes, 
I thought bowled exceptionally well. He was back to his best, aggressive, and setting the 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 line and the length that was always going to be challenging the bowl the batsman for the West Indies. And with with the bat, he did okay. He was there to support when things were collapsing around him. Him and Johnny Bairstow in that first innings were the ones that pushed England back onto the right line uh, after the disaster that was that morning session. Um, and here we come to Johnny Bairstow, who, let's be honest, I think I'm, I'm maybe possibly one of his biggest fans out there. In the last video that I did, I know I said he needed to stay at number six. Was it number six that he came in? Yeah, number six that he came in at. He needed to stay there and not be moved around, not be messed about like he's been done so many times before for England. And what happens? A man in form confident in his place in the team, stays in form and scores a really important 140 for England in that first innings. Let's be honest, without him and without the support that he got from the Oaks brothers in Stokes, Folks and Wokes, I, I, I can never say that enough, it just sounds so good. Without that support, England would have been in an absolute misery state. 140 was about half of the 311 that England made as well in that first innings. And... What I liked about that that knock in the in the first innings was that was that he was slow and steady to begin with. He recognised that he couldn't play possibly his natural game and go out and swing <clears throat> hard at the ball because the, the 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 situation required him to bat time, and he did. He batted time, and then towards the end, once he was getting to the hundred, once he got past his hundred, he looked to push on a bit harder and score runs quickly, especially because he was starting to run out of partners by the end of that point as well. Ben Folks in the first innings, supported Johnny Bairstow well, looked pretty good, played some very decent onside drives as well. Uh, there's one that was, I think, probably went about that far away from the stumps on the other end, and just beautifully, beautifully caressed down the park. Uh, and kept well. He kept really well. Um, but he, we always knew he would keep well because Ben Folks is one of the best glovesmans in the world, if not the best gloveman in the world. Um, so he had a really good game. And Chris Wokes had a had a mixed game, I think. I think Chris Wokes possibly had a mixed game. He batted pretty well, again, supporting Johnny Bairstow in that first innings. He ended up actually going only 2.93 runs and over in the first innings. That is after going at almost 8 and over in his first spell, which was really quite an uninspiring spell. There's a lot of talk about Chris Wokes being almost two different kinds of bowlers in England, outside of England. And at times it looked like we were watching this the Wokes that was, that was well, not as dangerous as he is when he's at home. There isn't much else in the team. There isn't much else in the squad for Wokes to be taken out. And I think England really value his batting lower down the order. So I think he's got another game in him at least. Whether he whether he, he changes in, in, in some sort of style, or can he can he go into short pitch? Can he pitch it up a bit more? Just try to change something up so he's not that just eighty mile an hour line and length and thank you very much, I'll gonna see you off and then club you down the park when you bowl a bad ball. I don't know. But maybe he needs to kind of have a look at how he bowls abroad because it, the, the same thing that he does in England clearly doesn't work here. Overton. 
uh, I thought had a pretty decent game. And I will hold my hands up and say that in my last video, I said that I didn't know what he was doing in the squad. And then the squad got announced the next day and Craig Overton was in the squad and it looked like he was going to play. And I thought, well, I look like a complete idiot, don't I? And then not only did I look a complete idiot then, but I actually didn't think he went too badly overall. He got two wickets in the first innings. And I, I, don't, I would say at times looked more threatening than Chris Wokes did. And Chris Wokes was meant to be the main man leading the line. Um, I think Overton, will he get another game? Does he deserve another game is the question. He probably, probably does deserve another game after that performance. He didn't do anything particularly wrong with the ball. And based on that, probably could deserve being in the second, the second test, considering the news about Mark Wood. However, I would sooner have, if there was, if it's a toss-up between Ollie Robinson and, and Craig Overton, which it, perhaps it might be in a, on a good day for England, I think I'd, I'd still rather have Ollie Robinson. And speaking of Mark Wood, again, his usual pacey self. However, he only managed to get through 17 overs, which is about half of some of the other, of the other bowlers in the England lineup in that first innings in particular. Um, so there's clearly an injury there, which is, the grass is green, the sky is blue, Mark Wood is injured. It does look like he's not going to be able to play a part in the in the second test. But England really do rely on him for some being something different in that team. If you look at Wokes, if you look at Overton, Stokes to an extent as well, Wood really is that difference, that, that, that different factor that can be at 90 miles an hour consistently and trouble bowlers and batsmen, sorry, that way. So England will be hoping that he can be back quickly for the third test. Jack Leach, I thought actually had a really good test. He was incredibly tight in the first innings. I think he, I think he had something like nine maidens in a row, something like that. And and you know, in in the modern game where spinners can get attacked quite quickly, that. That shows real control, exactly what Joe Root would have wanted. Jack Leach taking up one end and being able to, A, make sure that Joe Root doesn't have to bowl as much, and B, he can rotate those quicks around him. So Jack Leach bowled, I think, particularly well. Got three wickets in the second innings as well and helped push England towards a possible result. So yeah, I think Jack Leach will be pretty pleased with his overall contribution, especially after... Lots of people wondering whether Matt Parkinson should have had a go, particularly after Jack Leach having quite a disappointing Ashes series. Ben Stokes, like I said, I think was back to his best bowling. But the person that we have to talk about with the ball, of course, is Dan Lawrence, who didn't have many overs, but took the big wicket for England on that, almost towards the end of that final um, session when he got Naruma Bonner out on 123 fiddling down leg stump, the finest, the finest, the finest of edges. Dan Lawrence, with your amazing action as well, we have to discuss how wonderful the action is. It's literally the definition of my favourite action, I think. Forget all the other bowlers. I want to watch Dan Lawrence bowl. Here's one wicket for no runs as well. I think he bowled two, three overs and got and was not hit for any. Oh. That's what cricket is all about, sports fans. That's what cricket is all about. Quick roundup of the of the Windies team. Uh, Craig Brathwaite and John Campbell, I thought, were pretty good at the top of the order in the first innings and were 
making it look easy compared to our, our bowlers who perhaps were not offering a great deal of variation and going at what four or five runs and over which is in test modern test cricket an outstandingly quick rate um shamar brooks had a quiet game one of the more recognizable figures in the team had a quiet game with just 18 and five but the man that really stood out from the west indies batting lineup was of course the century maker in the first innings naruma bonner who also made 38 not out and kind of killed the game um, and England chasing a result in the second innings. That 123 was almost off uh, a run every two balls or something like that, which would show how well he dug in and made sure that after a good start, there was a bit of a collapse. After that collapse, that the Windies were not going to fall apart and ended up taking the, the, the Windies past England's 311 in that first innings for the 375 that they ended up getting in that first innings and he was really well supported by uh, Jason Holder with a good 45 and a 37 not out in the second innings a decent knock as well from Joshua De Silva and Virsami Pamul so there's a, a few notable um, batsmen down the lower order, lower order of the Windies attack that helped to push them up and Overall, it was a fairly even test, I think. Both teams making 300 plus in the, in the second innings, in the first innings, sorry. England making 300 again in the second, and the West Indies battling out for a draw towards the end. It made, made, went all the way with five essentially full days. We had a bit of rain on the fourth day and the fifth day. But overall, we had enough cricket to justify a result or get at least try and get a result. The pitch was okay. Perhaps a bit more of a... Didn't, didn't do as much towards the end for the spinners as perhaps we would have imagined. And England, I think, will be pleased that they just didn't lose. Especially after being at something like 40 for 4 in the first innings. Again, away from home. To, to rally, to score 300 twice... Shows promise. Shows promise. Root didn't really make anything particularly bad in call-wise with the captaincy. I think we declared it probably the right right time. Just enough time to go for a go and try and attack at least. And I think we fielded pretty well. We certainly fielded better than, than the, the West Indians did. Particularly with the slips, which has been something of a weakness for us for quite some time. If you think about the the chances that went particularly between keeper De Silva and I think it was Jason Holder at first slip, the number of chances that went between them and they no one died for it. And they just sort of watched it go past. England were much better in the field than the West Indies, and the West Indies will be trying to hope that that changes in the second inning in the second match, which starts on Wednesday. I can't really see either team wanting or needing to change their lineups. Uh, England, I think, will be without Mark Wood. So does that mean Ollie Robinson comes in and Overton keeps his place? Maybe they try um, Saki Mahmood to keep that bit of variation in the attack. I certainly hope so. That's what I would certainly hope to see. I'd also be kind of concerned that if Ollie Robinson came straight back into the team, it would be a very, very samey, samey England attack with not a lot of variation. And I think I'd be worried that Ben Stokes would have to go back to being the enforcer, which I don't like. And for the West Indies as well, I feel like they they don't really need to change a great deal. They got past a decent total. 
that England set. They've got runs in there. They've got wickets in there. Kemar Roach was pretty, pretty good in the first innings uh, for it. For then, I think he got what two, two wickets. And Jaden Seals as well. Who can forget Jaden Seals taking four for four for seventy nine and a bit of jug avoidance there. I think it's it was a really, really even test match and it'll be quite exciting to see whether that continues in Bridgetown as well. Until then, until Wednesday, for that first day of the second test, this will be all sports fans. Thank you for staying with this podcast, thank you for staying with the channel and I hope to see you all soon. Until then, take care. Bye.